Thank you. So great to see each and every one of you here in the house of the Lord. And this is an exciting Sunday. Every Sunday is exciting. But the worship this morning really touched my heart. I was having to wipe the tears away because I just felt the presence of the Lord. And it's so great to see you. Well, it's no doubt uh, that you can see all the things that God is doing at Restoration Church. Isn't it exciting to be part of a dynamic church that is growing and moving and doing things for God? And there's a lot of improvements on campus. Uh, just And when you see the things that are going to be done and when they're finished, already you're seeing them. But you're going to be just praising the Lord for the blessing of the Lord here in our church. But let me tell you something. All the improvements and the numbers we're having, the growth that we're having, they're, they're just uh, a physical pi picture. They're just the outside picture of what God is doing in the spirit here. There is a renewal. Their lives are being changed. God is bringing people from the north, the south, the east, and the west and doing fabulous things in people's hearts and lives. And we're hungry for something more in our lives, and they're finding it here in this great church. And that doesn't happen without leadership. And it doesn't happen without great leadership. And we're so blessed to have Pastor Chuck and Candace leading this church right now. I love them. And they are leading with such anointing, with such skill, uh, surrounded by a great team of elders and this church loves each other and if you're here for the first time uh, you won't stay here long without understanding that this is a loving family it's not just a church it's a family and it's led by a great pastor would you let pastor chuck he he can't see you but maybe he can feel him in his heart right now just let him know how much you love him right now amen <laughs> We've got some uh, guests here today. My family is here. They're scattered, some in the balcony and some here on the main floor. And I'm always uh, very honored to have my kids and grandchildren here with us. And there, several of them are here today, and I appreciate their presence. Also, when we were walking in today, uh, Mark and Gwen Brague and Noah, where you, got, where, you, where you at? Stand up. Former staff members here at Restoration Church. We love them and appreciate them being here today. Now, I, I really want the word of the Lord to touch our hearts today. I, I want the word to impact us deeply. And I'm going to jump right into it. I, one day this last week, uh, we had the joy of taking our youngest granddaughter... Uh, for a day and we had some fun together so we went to an arcade I don't know if you've ever done this before but she wanted to get on this uh, virtual reality game and it had two seats so as soon as she jumped up she looked at me and said come on poppy you sit right here beside me now I've never been on the virtual reality game before and this one was called something like canyon chaos I should have known I should have known right then that I needed to back away and let Linda jump in the chair. <laughs> but anyway, I strapped on the gear. You put on a big, you know, thing over your eyes, over your head. 
the chair moves, wind is blowing in your face, and you see a three-dimensional film being played, but it feels like you're there. So we start climbing, and the first thing I know, I'm like free-falling off the sides of mountains. <laughs> and it's screaming, and we're going around turns, and I got sick. <laughs> I got motion sickness. Now, in my head, I knew it wasn't real. I, I knew that I was not going anywhere. I knew I wasn't on the mountain in my head, but it got to me. I mean, it got in my brain somehow. Finally, before it finished, I had to rip it off and stand back up and get away from it. It took me two hours to get over that motion sickness. Now, if a game can get into our head that way, what I read about the Word of God is that it's sharper than a two-edged sword and it cuts down to the deepest part of our being and it's life-giving. So I want the Word of God to impact us today. And I want, I've been praying about this service and studying and seeking the Lord's Word for you today. And I, I feel my heart, I have a word from the Lord that if the Spirit of the Lord will just help me today, that He wants to communicate into your heart. So I want to jump right in. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Mark chapter 10. We're talking about limitless, limitless, limitless. And I want us to go to Mark 10, starting in verse 46. If you have a Bible with you, if not, it will be on the screen. And I want to just talk you through a very familiar passage in the Bible, a story from the life of Jesus. In fact, this story took place probably close to the last week of his life on earth, right before he went to the cross and went to that, that event. Uh, he has already raised Lazarus from the dead. And he's traveling close to Jerusalem in a small little village called Jericho. And you'll remember the story as we read it. And the Bible says, Then they reached Jericho... And as Jesus and his disciples left town or left Jericho, now I want you to notice it, there's a lot of action happening here and there seems to be an urgency that's being set up because it says he came into Jericho and evidently he was doing ministry. He walks through Jericho and now he's about to leave Jericho. It says a large crowd followed him in and out this is just a quick ministry moment. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. Now the term blind beggar is very important for you to understand because he wasn't just blind and handicapped and sightless. He was a beggar. That means that he was making his living by sitting on the side of the road saying, Alms! Alms! Somebody help me! And I, I want to tell you that this wasn't just going to be a healing, a physical body healing. It was going to be an emotional healing. Because can you imagine someone that has lived in this culture without a lot of love, sitting on the side of the road begging for his living, how much he felt that he was a nothing, a zero, just a wasted individual in culture that everybody passed by and ignored 
And I don't know what his background was, how his family treated him, but it must have been a lot of trauma. And so he's a blind, traumatized beggar sitting on the side of the road. Verse 47, when Barnabas heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Now, he didn't just hear that Jesus was coming by. He had probably heard about the miracles of Jesus. I guarantee you he had heard that, that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And now he heard he's coming by. He's, he just entered Jericho not long ago, and he's moving pretty quick, and he's about to leave us. And then he said, the Bible says he began to shout, have mercy on me. Verse 48, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus, listen to this. He threw aside his coat. He shook off everything that would hinder him getting to Jesus. How many knows that sometimes we have to shake off everything that keeps us from Jesus? There are forces. There are excuses. There are difficulties. There are problems. There are people that try to keep us away from Jesus. But Bartimaeus threw it all aside. He shook it all off. And the Bible said he jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. He said, my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. I want to see. How many wants to see clearly today? Amen. I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith. Your faith. Underline that. We'll talk about that. Your faith has healed you. And instantly... I love the word instantly, don't you? Don't we all love instantly? Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. He wasn't just healed physically. He was healed spiritually and emotionally and became a follower of Jesus Christ. Bartimaeus, a man that was stretched to the limits, discovered a man that was limitless in possibilities. And with dynamic faith, he threw aside everything and stopped limiting God and received the great miracle. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will speak to us now. Give us an encounter with your greatness. Reveal to us right now in a dynamic measure the limitless possibilities of your name. I pray for those that are in this room that have reach their limits physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally with people. I pray that you empower their faith and that you let them have a connection with your healing power in this service today. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. I want to speak to people this morning who feel stretched to their limit. People who are overwhelmed with their lives. People who can identify with a blind, dysfunctional, broken beggar 
that maybe you also feel trapped in life in some difficult place. You need strength. Maybe you feel some weak place in your life. There's some challenge in your life that you need to conquer, but you feel so weak and inadequate to get it done. It's no secret that in our world today, in our culture, there is a breaking point that we're seeing. We're at a major breaking point. People are feeling pressed on every level. In fact, I began looking through the news and looking through articles and I found out that people being stretched to the limit was a theme that we're hearing this year. And uh, for instance, NBC News reported that the airline industry and the hotel industry says they are stretched to their limits. Garner Business Blog reported that technologies are being stretched to their limits and that many things are about to be changed in the entire computer field and communication field. New York, New York, York Times reported that many working parents are feeling they have reached their limit. Parents and they just feel overwhelmed today. And then this article that I read talked about school counselors today this year who are reporting increasing numbers of students feeling overwhelmed, dealing with grief and anxiety and thoughts of suicide. ABC News reported that mental health workers are pushing the limits, they said. There is an urgent need we can't feel, they said. And then I ran across this blog statement on social media of an individual that said, and I quote them, I think I've reached my limit. I can't do this anymore. I, I really can't. I am so weak. You know, we come here on Sundays, and this room is filled with such excitement and such love and such energy. It's hard to imagine that there's anyone in this room that would feel overwhelmed with life. But let me tell you something. I do some counseling here, and I have the privilege to serve on staff here, and it's a great opportunity. But behind all of the Sunday smiles that we see here in this sanctuary, there are real people that are working through real problems. And many of you, I know personally, many of you are being overwhelmed and you need a strength that is beyond yourself. And don't be ashamed of that. Even the mighty warrior king, King David, felt that way. In Psalm 142, verse 3, look at it on the screen. It said, when I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge. You are all I really want in life. You know, we're being stretched. And uh, I thought about something that we use a lot. And I, I want to warn you. Do not try this at home. This could be dangerous for your health. So do not try this at home. But this is so true. I have a rubber band 
And we're all being stretched. And then life goes on. We say, I think I can take a little bit more. And so we accept some more responsibility. And then something else happens and we pick something else up and all of a sudden things break apart. I'm glad I had those gloves on. <laughs> to be honest with you, I can feel it all the way through the gloves. <laughs> reason I wore those gloves is I tried that out at home first. and I <laughs> We all have our limits. I, I know I'm, I'm talking to a lot of high achievers and North Atlanta professionals and all you guys have your heads on straight and you have your acts together and you guys are a bunch of sharp people let me just tell you you're, you're sharp but you have limitations and you're being stretched I have my limitations I I can't bench press 400 pounds I know you're surprised by that I I can't play the guitar really wish I could I I can't climb Mount Everest I'm not going to try Linda I'm not going to be a model for Abercrombie okay just give up on that I, I can't afford to buy a summer home in the Hamptons I'm sorry there's limitations but you know what I don't care about any of those things but I do care about some other limitations that hit our lives Times when I feel like I don't have the strength or the faith or the discipline or the courage or the wisdom to really pursue God's will and purpose in my life. When that happens to me, when I feel that limitation grip me and choke my heart, then there's something I need to do about that. There's a time, there's a time. I said, there is a time that we need an unlimited God, a God who can do anything. And I sensed as I was praying for this service an urgency for you, an urgency to say it's time for you to believe in a mighty God. It's time for you to stretch your faith for a breakthrough. You've been carrying problems too long. It's time for you to persevere in faith and shake some things off Barnabas shouted. He got emotional. He didn't just stay calm. He shouted, Jesus, help me. Empower me. Deliver me. I need strength. When do I need strength? Well, when my mind is anxious and troubled. When we have a crippling relationship in our life. When we're plagued with self-doubt and fear. When when we have a destructive addiction or bondage in our life, or when our marriage is suffering and it's in chaos, we're keeping it hid, but you know what's going on at home. When our life is tortured by regrets and guilts from the past, and the devil keeps knocking on, at that door, when we keep dragging wounds around that have paralyzed us for 10 years or more when we are so desperate because we have something that's driving our life the wrong way. Let me ask you, how long are you going to sit? Sit around with your unhealthiness and dysfunction and lack of God before you stand up like Bartimaeus 
and shake it off and say, I'm coming to Jesus. How long? You see, the end of our resources is the beginning of God's provision. When you come to the end, when that rubber band snaps and you say, "Uh uh-oh, I can't take anything else. That's the beginning of God's provision. I want to tell you something. God is limitless. Everybody say that word. It's a good word to say. Limitless. Takes a little work to say that. Because you can't wrap your mind around the mighty power and sovereignty of God. But I just want to talk a little bit about that for a second. Uh, let's go to Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen, Because I want to describe to you a little something about the power of God. He says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Somebody say amen. amen. Psalm 147.4 He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. Isaiah 40 verse 12 He has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. He has marked off the heavens with a span. That's the distance between the end of your thumb and the end of your little pinky. That's a span. And our God is so great that he has been able to mark off the entire universe and say, yeah, it's about three spans. That's how big our God is. Isaiah 40, 26, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. Who created the stars, the planets, the galaxies. He who brings out their hosts by name, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one of them is missing. Can you get your head around that? Tuesday morning, uh, I was at the house, and I got to watch Jeff Bezos' launch of his six-story rocket called the New Shepherd. It was done on the West Texas prairie. How many saw it? Anybody see it? Well, if you missed it, let me tell you just a little something about it. The rocket carried Jeff Bezos, the world's wealthiest man, and three other passengers into the edge of outer space. It was all over the news because these were not professional astronauts. The whole thing, I sat and watched it, the whole thing lasted 10 and a half minutes. Now I have to say, it was, it was quite an accomplishment, and it was very cool. They, they just went up into space, a smooth launch. They went up 65 miles straight up, And they became weightless for about two minutes and then they came down and came right back down 65 miles and they landed with a parachute landing and the news was all over it and they were cheering and applauding and saying, wow, this is the best day ever. Oh, what technology. Man, man is powerful and great. 
Everybody thought it was extraordinary, and I even said, wow, but I've thought about it. You know what? Man is so small. 65 miles. 65 miles. That's it. Is that all you're going to give me? And they were just cheering. Let me stretch your mind just a minute, okay? Stay with me. The observable universe. Now, this is what we've been able to detect with all the technology and, you know, all the things that, that we have today. The observable universe, the part of it we've been able to detect is 93 billion light years across. Some have estimated the entire universe. I don't know how they estimate this, but they said beyond what we know about, there's probably... It's probably at least 250 times larger than we've been able to measure. Now, to give you a, a little bit of perspective, a light year, when I say 93 billion light years, one light year is the distance that light can travel in a year going 186,000 miles a second, which is ten, 6 trillion miles. One light year, six trillion miles. We're talking about 93 billion of those across of what we know about, the observable universe. Now, think about this. The sun. How many saw the sun this morning? You saw the light of the sun at least, didn't you? The sun is our closest star. And it's 93 million miles away. I mean, that's just a leap. Just 93 million miles in the entire universe. That's close to us. The next closest star, we can see it with the naked eye. The next one out there is 4.3 light years away from the sun. In fact... When you see that star, you, may, you can go out tonight and look at it. When you see that star, the light, you're not really seeing the star. You're seeing the light from the star. And it took it 4.3 years for the light just to get to you to see it. There's stunned silence right now. We're, I know. When I read this, I was okay, okay. We live in a galaxy called the Milky Way. All our planets, our sun, it has billions of stars. And the nearest, listen to this, the nearest, the next galaxy that we can't see with the naked eye is called Andromeda, and it is 2.5 million light years away from our galaxy. And then scientists say there are billions of other galaxies out there. And the Bible says that our God created all of it. And he knows every star by name. And none of them are lost or out of place. What keeps them all in their orbits in the right place what keeps a star from just shattering the earth and blowing us all up? What keeps everything going in the right path 
Colossians 1.16 said, All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. We serve a limitless God. You know what? The word limitless means without end, boundless, endless, fathomless, immeasurable, infinite, inexhaustible, vast, awe-inspiring. We need a revival of all in our hearts. We need to capture again a greatness, the greatness of the God that we talk to, that He is beyond our comprehension and there is nothing too difficult for Him. A God that can do that can lift that burden off of your back, can heal your body, can take away your depression, can give you victory over that alcoholism, can break the bondage of that guilt and condemnation, can take away the pain of those wounds from your past. That's the kind of God that we serve. Come on, give Him a praise right now. Now here's the problem. When I went through all of that with you, I know that none of you in this room underestimate what God can do. You're all sitting there saying, well, sure, we, we have a great God. We believe that God is without limits. We believe that He's a mighty God, sovereign God, almighty God. We believe that. Here's the problem. We have underestimated what God is willing to do for us what God is willing to do in us we, we don't doubt his power we just doubt his power for us am I right because if we didn't doubt that we'd all be walking around with a lot more victory and power we'd all have a lot more testimonies would we not but we struggle we say well I'm just not worthy I, I don't have the faith Somehow we doubt His care and His love, His compassion for us. We say, oh, I know that He can do it for those deacons, and those elders. They're, they walk with God, but I, I don't know what He can do with me. I, I, I'm not very spiritual. I had a man tell me one time, he said, I, I just admit I'm just not a real good Christian. Are there good Christians? Last time I read, the Bible says we're all saved by grace and grace alone. That nothing God does for us is because we deserve it or because we have some place of honor with Him. He is sovereign and powerful and He has chosen to love us just like we are. Do you feel so defeated, so trapped, so unworthy, so sinful, so discouraged, so overwhelmed by your circumstances? your story, your struggle, that you've given up on believing God for the miraculous. If you have, you have limited the limitless God in your life. 
Don't limit the limitless God. You can't limit what he wants to do, but you can limit his work in your own personal life. What would have happened if Bartimaeus would have just stayed on the side of the road and kept his mouth shut and said, I don't deserve to be healed. I don't deserve a miracle. I don't think he loves me. I, everybody's pushing me back and everybody's telling me to keep my mouth closed and I don't know that I have the strength to get up. He would have limited the unlimited God. We need to get past the questions that Bartimaeus got past about people and about himself and about self-doubt and about his worthiness. He had to get past those issues and every one of you need to get past that. He's calling you just like he called Bartimaeus. You say, yes, Jesus called him said, bring him over here to me. If I had that kind of call, you do have that kind of calling. That's what's exciting. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Word of God says, come, everyone who is thirsty. Is there anyone that's thirsty in the house? He says, the Spirit and the bride say, come, come. We've got the same invitation that Bartimaeus had, and we've got the same limitless God that Bartimaeus had. Isn't that exciting? Here's the deal. Believing. Would you raise up your hand? How many are believers do I have? Okay. Believing is not casual and it's not accidental. Believing is intentional. It takes your will being engaged. Amen? You, you don't just fall into becoming a Christian, a believer, you make a choice, you make a decision, you stand by faith on the Word of God. It's not passive, it's active. Bartimaeus got up, he threw some stuff off, he shook some things away, he moved out in obedience. Believing isn't just affirming what we believe in our head, it's not just intellectual knowledge. It's not just even coming to a church service or reading a prayer. Believing is very personal. It's responding and following and pursuing and acting like the Lord says yes because He does say yes. Every promise of God is yes and amen. That's what the Bible says. Every promise. And so what is faith? Faith is believing that and acting like you believe it and responding like you believe that. Believing comes from the heart and it shapes our lives. Believing will shape you. It, it, it will shape your actions, what you do. If you believe you're eight foot tall, if you really believe that you're eight foot tall, when you go out this morning through the church, through that door, you're going to duck. <laughs> now, if you don't really believe it, you won't duck. Right? So it's going to impact your actions. It's going to impact the way you carry yourself through life. 
believing. If you believe your neighbor is a mass murderer, <laughs> if you really believe that, you're going to probably start locking your doors and watching your back and making sure that you're secure all the time, right? You're going to think about it. And if you believe, really believe that Jesus is committed to keep you, give you power in your weakness, bless your life abundantly, it's going to impact the way you live tomorrow. It's going to impact your prayers this coming week. If you believe the Father loves you like he loves Jesus, that's what John 17, 23 says. If you believe the Word of God is true and powerful, that every promise in the Bible is for you, it's going to change the way you live. And that's why we're called believers. Come on, say it again. How many believers do I have? Raise up your hand and say yes. Yes! Now, that, that doesn't mean that we're not going to struggle with some doubts. It doesn't mean that we're not going to... The word doubt, by the way, the Greek word is distazo. It means, it means to hesitate. And every believer has moments where they hesitate. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not going to mean that you don't have natural fears. What does it mean? It means I shake them off. And I make a decision... To believe what I know is true and act on it and move with it. Believing calls me to act. Stop playing the doubt game. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Because you've been playing around with the message of darkness. Who's been whispering in your ear. What if God isn't really there? What if this is all a big game? What, what if the Bible is just a bunch of made up man stories and what if this is just a tradition that's been passed down and you've been deceived and tricked and you're going to walk with Jesus your entire life and when you get to the end there's nothing there and you're going to say oh I wasted everything I could have had so much more fun that's a lie first of all the joy of the Lord is our strength amen there's a lot more fun walking with Jesus than without him I can tell you that Believing calls us to act. You know, let me give you, I love word pictures, so let me, let me give you a word picture. Let's say that the president and chairman of the board of, a, of the biggest bank in Alpharetta comes to you this afternoon or, and says, we made a decision that we, we're going to give you the codes and the keys to the bank. Here's the code of how to get into the safes. We got stacks and stacks and stacks of money that we keep there. It comes in and out. But we want you to have total access to our bank. So anytime you need some money, you just go in there and you just help yourself. Codes, everything. And we've already told our security people, they, they know who you are. You just help yourself. Anybody like that? And so if you don't really believe that you'll say they're nuts and you'd forget all that but what if it's true and let's say that it is true that for some unknown reason they've given you access to the bank if you believe there's one thing you got to do to really 
show that you believe. What is it? Go to the bank. Get a withdrawal. You have access. Use it. Can I tell you that you've got access to the throne of the unlimited God that made the heavens and the earth that names every star? Do you believe? How many believers do I have in the house? Raise up your hand again. Come on. Come on. Believe. It's going to change your life. What is keeping you from walking in victory? What do you need to shake off of your life? Paul was traveling, Acts 27. I won't read the story to you, but let me just quickly tell it to you. And it's, a, it's an exciting story. His ship had been shipwrecked on the island of Malta. It was a miracle that he was even there. The whole crew was saved through this storm. They're cold, they're wet. The apostle Paul is gathering up sticks to build a fire. He, they get the fire going and he takes a big bundle of his sticks that he's collected, throws them on the fire, and the Bible says that when he let go of the sticks, a viper came out of the wood and latched onto his hand. Now, if you look at the Greek text, it's, it's very specific. The word viper is the Greek word for a poisonous snake. It actually was used to describe a cobra on, on times. So this was some kind of poisonous snake, and I'm sure the venom was running down his arm. And everybody that watched it said, he must be a murderer. He's done something bad. God is taking him out. And they all kind of sat there and folded their hands and waited for Paul to die. Paul was on a mission. What did he do? The Bible said he shook it off into the fire. But he didn't just shake it off. The Bible said there was a very well-known man of authority on the island who was sick with fever and dysentery, and they brought him to Paul. And the Bible said that Paul laid his hands, get this, laid his hands on him, and he was instantly healed. The same hand that had been bit by a viper that still probably had the two puncture wounds in it that he had shaken off in the fire was the hand that he laid hands on somebody and ministered healing and they begin bringing all kinds of sick people and miracles begin to break out because Paul was a believer he really believed I, I think there was something Paul I am here on God's assignment you are not going to stop what God has called me to do Some of you need to get that kind of attitude right now. I want some people to get mad in faith and stop letting the devil kick you around. Stop limiting the limitless God. Shake it off and let God minister to you. It wasn't long ago that I was in my office and I was praying and it was just one of those days I just felt kind of discouraged and down and 
just felt like I was diminishing and not enlarging. I, I was having a hard time with some things and I was struggling and I got before the Lord and it just seemed like the Spirit of the Lord came into that little room where I was praying and the Lord spoke to me and said, Don, will you believe me that my power is able to take care of everything about you? I want you to shake this off. And something poured into me. And there was a scripture that the Lord brought to my mind during that time. I didn't even remember the exact place where it was found. I knew it was in Hebrews 11. So I looked it up and it was a phrase that out of weakness, they were made strong. That by faith, they stood. That by their faith, they became mighty in warfare, it says. Out of their weakness, is there anybody here that would say, Don, I'm struggling with some weakness in my life. Listen, if you'll look up to the unlimited God, He is able to do abundantly above all that we can even think or imagine. He's a God that is unlimited. Shake it off. Receive new strength like I did that day. And I was encouraged and stood up and I felt different. And you can too. It's called faith. How does it work? Well, let's say that this faith, this chair represents me. Everything that I am limited, maybe in bondage, maybe weak, maybe sick, and it's where you're sitting right now. Oh, I need help. I can identify with Barnabas, but let's say that this chair represents Jesus, unlimited, all-powerful, freedom, liberty, grace, love. What is faith? Well, faith is resting in and putting the weight of your life on something. Like right now, right now. Paul, are you worried about that chair falling down? You, you, in fact, you've been sitting there this whole service. Have you thought one time about, I better be careful, this chair may not hold me up. It, I, I might crash down. Have you thought that? Because you've got faith in the chair. Every one of you, you've got, when you came in today, you sat down, put your full weight in the chair. You didn't even think about it because you've got faith in that chair. When we walk with Jesus, sometimes as believers, we're so weak that we say, oh, I, I, I love Jesus. I'm going to trust him. So I'm going to give that much of my life to Jesus. My life's so new, Jesus. Well, then there are days, I don't know. I give you this much. Faith. The faith that receives, that breaks through, that crushes the enemy, that, that makes Bartimaeus whole and a follower of Jesus. 
It's the kind of faith that shakes that off and comes over here and puts their full weight. Yes, Jesus. I give it to you. I, I surrender everything to you. The pain, the questions, the doubts, the anger. And in that place, out of weakness, I'm made strong. Out of weakness, I am made strong. As our musicians come. I, I want to close by telling you a, a great story. It's one, been one of my favorites for years. It's a true story, and it's, it's a precious brother, and it happens to be in our denomination, named Juan Valanca. He's gone on to be with Jesus now. But he pastored a small little spirit-filled church, just a little handful of people at the foot of the Andes Mountains in Peru. He, he didn't have any money, very little, to put food on the table to feed his family. He was working a day job on the roads, helping build highways in Peru. And one day at lunch break, as was his custom, he pulled away from all the men and he found a tree by himself. And he was just spending some, some time with the Lord in prayer. And Juan said that God just spoke to him very clearly, a very specific word, and said, I want you to go to a village. He said he knew of it. It's up in the Andes Mountains, and it would mean that he would have to cross over two snow-capped mountains to get there. But the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to go to that village. I have a work for you to do there. After work, he went home to tell his wife. And his wife met him at the door and said, Juan, I was in prayer today and God spoke to me about something that we're going to be doing. And much to his surprise, the Lord had given his wife the same exact message. Go to this village. So they compared their revelations and they knew God was speaking to both of them to go the problem was she was pregnant they didn't have a car or a jeep but they loaded up their donkeys with blankets and beans and rice and they had two small children and they put them all on top of their two donkeys and they started a two-week journey through ice and snow and rough weather to get to this little village. Juan said that when he got to the village, because there were so many different idols and gods in the mountains of Peru, he looked at the village chief and said, What God do you serve? And the leader of the village told him a story and he said, We don't know his name. Several weeks ago, a terrible sickness went through our village. We lost several people. And then our children got very sick and they were about to die. And so we all came together and we said, Our gods don't seem to be working. But there's got to be a true God out there somewhere. And we gathered together and we prayed to the true God, whoever he was, to have mercy upon us. That was two weeks ago, he said. When they began comparing dates, it was to the day when this couple had received the message to go to the village. 
And one said, he stood up tall and said, I know his name. His name is Jesus Christ, the Lord. And a revival swept the village. A healing swept through the village. A great church was planted there and God did a work because a family believed in a limitless God and they shook everything off and said, we'll be believers. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you, Jesus, that your power is greater than anything that we can imagine, anything that we can even comprehend. There is not one problem, not one difficulty in this room that you're not willing to go to right now. I'm asking you, Lord, for a miraculous outpouring of your spirit and power in this room. Bold faith right now in Jesus' name across this room to my brothers and sisters. Compassionate, compassionate, compelling waves of your presence, Lord. Right now. Would you just raise up your hands and begin just to worship Jesus? Come on. Open your heart to him right now. All over the room. All over the room. I, I prayed for God to give us miraculous, miraculous things right now. I don't know what you're going through. But I know he's greater. We're going to sing this song about the name of Jesus in just a moment for closing. But no one is looking around. But I want everyone in this house, up in the balconies, down this floor, you're here today. You need something more than you have. It may be a relationship, some place of bondage, depression, fear. School's about to start. Things are crazy in our world. People are stretched to the limits. You need something. You need something from God. I'm going to ask you right now, if there's anyone in the room that's willing to stand up like Bartimaeus and shake off every fear and hesitation, I want you to stand up. We're going to pray just for you. All of the house. All of the house. Come on. Stand up. Yes, I receive. I'm going to be a man. I'm a woman of faith. I'm going to be a true believer today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to put my full weight on him. My full weight on him. God bless you. God bless the boldness of this people. I'm going to pray for you right now, and I'm going to ask everyone in the house to pray with me. And when we get through praying, we're going to sing this song. We're going to all stand together then, and we're going to all worship. But right now, I want to pray for the ones that are standing. This is for you. You receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I come to you in your mighty name, the name of Jesus the resurrected Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the ruler of the universe who has all things in your hand. Nothing is too difficult for you. 
And Lord, according to your word, I declare the power, the healing, the victory over everyone that stands now. Faith released now in Jesus' name. Reception released upon your heart. Receive it right now. Breakthroughs across this room, up in the balconies. Breakthroughs in Jesus' name. We receive it now. Let's all stand together. Come on, let's worship the Lord together. And as we worship, receive the strength of the Lord. Receive the strength of the Lord. You are.